Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our gospel lesson for today, Jesus prays for each of us. He prays, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me, that they may be one even as we are one. My prayer is not that you take them out of this world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Sanctify them with truth. Your word is truth. And just as you have sent me, now I am sending you. And this is the very word of our God as it is found in John chapter 17. Well, in the early centuries of the church, there was a Christian man who believed that he was doing the will of God. Remember, there's a passage that talks about being in the world, but not of the world. And he decided that he would remove himself from the evil influences of the world. He really believed that he was doing God's work. And so what he did every day for 36 years, he climbed up on top of a pillar and he sat there for 36 years. Every morning, he would attempt to remove himself from this evil world. And he believed that he was doing the will of God by sitting up there. In the year 459 A.D., he died. At that point, I suppose he fell off the pillar. I'm not sure about that, but like this man, you believe in God. But unlike him, you are not fleeing from this world for God's sake. Rather, for the sake of God, you are being sent into the world. And so... Jesus' prayer for us today is this, that we would be on his mission and not on our own. Today, Jesus prays for you. I mean, think about that. Jesus praying for you. He said, Heavenly Father, my prayer is not for them alone, meaning the first disciples, but my prayer is for those who will believe in me. Future generations. That means you and me and future generations that follow us. Jesus prays, and he prays about one of the most critical problems that we face, and that is this uh, being in the world, but not being of the world. But how often aren't we in the world, and also of the world? A couple of weeks ago, we had confirmation here at Christ our King. And our confirmands were asked the question that you and I were asked when we were confirmed. question goes like this. Do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? And they answered, I do. And yet, we know that whenever the devil offers an easy way to advance our desires, our agenda, our priorities, God's word often becomes a distant memory. Again, actually it's common for people to fail to transfer truth and knowledge from one area of their life into another. Psychologists call this uh, isolation. How often we, not isolation, I should say insulation. How often we insulate our daily actions from the Word of God probably why uh, some of our young people a few years ago had that band around their wrist. Uh, what would Jesus do? Our confirmands were also asked, do you believe? 
and God the Father Almighty. And once again they said, and we said, I do. But how our faith falters when a sinful world suggests, especially in difficult times, that our God, our Creator, uh, doesn't care about us or is not going to protect us in time of need. They were also asked, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And again, the answer was affirmative, I do. And yet, how often we forget that when we carry around a load of guilt. You know what it's like to carry guilt around. You think to yourself initially, how can I get rid of this guilt? What can I do to get rid of it? And we despair because of the accusing finger of the world. Rather than fleeing to the outstretched arms of Christ. Rather than giving our sins and guilt to Him. Finally, they were asked, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? And again, the answer was, I do. Or maybe we should say, uh, I did. Or we did. Because how many times do days come and go when we do not allow the Holy Spirit uh, to work in our life? How many times do we fail to allow the Holy Spirit to instruct us concerning the will of God. I'm sure that all of us were, uh, were certainly uh, meaningful when we made those promises that we want to follow God, that we want to live a distinctive Christian life. But how hard that is, how hard it is for us to do that. We need help. And here in our lesson for this morning, we have that help as God promises to pray for us. So listen again to this prayer for you today. My prayer, Jesus says, is to His heavenly Father. My prayer is not that you take them out of this world, but that you protect them by the power of your name. Sanctify them by the truth. And your word is truth. That's what's happening right now. God is sanctifying us as we hear the truth. Now, sanctify is one of those words that we don't use in our everyday language. Sanctification, what does it mean? Sanctification literally means being set apart. Set apart by God for a holy purpose. In one sense, this building was sanctified. It was set apart the day it was dedicated as a place where we give glory and worship to God. Jesus also prays that you would be set apart for a holy use. Again, he prays that you would be involved in his mission and not in your own. That doesn't mean that you have to flee this world and sit on top of a pillar for 36 years. No, he prays that the Father will use you for his purpose to make a difference in the lives of others. But how does this happen? What are the mechanics behind being set apart for a holy use? Well, first of all, let me tell you how it doesn't happen. We do not set ourselves apart for a holy use. Only God does that. You know, you and I do not set ourselves apart. God the Holy Spirit does that. 
beginning back there in the waters of baptism, when he calls us by name, when he washes away our sin, he sets us apart. The Holy Spirit also gives us unique gifts, spiritual gifts, gifts to be used in his mission. You know, seriously, sometimes the temptation for us is to put undue attention on what we're doing, on our commitment, on our dedication, on our good works. But our good works and our commitment, our dedication, is simply a testimony. It is a testimony of the Holy Spirit's indwelling, His presence in your life. God sanctifies us through the word of truth. That's why worship, Bible study, Christian fellowship is so vitally important. Again, God is sanctifying us through the word and through the sacraments. It is as simple as that. Sitting on a pillar will not sanctify you. The word of God sets you apart. That commitment, though, to follow Jesus needs to constantly be re-examined. It needs to be constantly renewed and refreshed so that it just doesn't become merely lip service. It needs to be challenged because our sinful nature, that old Adam living inside of us, is always rebelling. It's always saying no to God's call to be on his mission. The old sinful Adam is rebellious to the leadership and the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I believe that all of us, even the longest and the most staunchest Christian among us, have probably at times said, why, Lord? Let me get this straight, God. You want me to serve you in this realm, and you want me to go here? Are you kidding me? You know, Jesus comes and he invites us to be on his mission, but we are fearful of that. Why? Because many times we're fearful of losing control. Lord, I fear what you're calling me to do and where you want me to go. To be honest with you, Lord, I've got my own priorities. And if I agree to follow you, then that will impact what I want to do. Again, I'm not a fan of this uh, famous preacher by the name of Norman Vincent Peale, but he did come out with Ten Commandments for Worship. And the tenth one is pretty interesting. He said, come to worship expecting something great to happen. You know, do we do that? When you got up this morning, when you considered whether or not you were going to come to worship, do you consider that something great is going to happen? As we hear the word of God proclaimed, I'm not sure we always do that, but I pray today that you and I are excited about God's sanctifying word. Sanctifying word in our mission for God in this world. Perhaps some of us this morning aren't quite ready to respond with a resounding amen. But consider one more thing. Consider again who it is today that is praying for you. 
who is praying that you would be set apart for God's mission. It is Jesus, the one who is the Word made flesh, the one who is the Good Shepherd, the one who is the light in a dark world. Jesus is praying. He is praying for you. This prayer here in John chapter 17 is sometimes called his high priestly prayer. He knows as he prays this that his days here on earth are numbered. He is thinking about the cross where he will be lifted up and he will draw all sinners onto himself. Stare on the cross that he died for our justification. It's there on the cross that he died to make us right with God. The cross of Jesus literally has the power to draw an amen from the depths of a sinner's heart. I am coming to you now, Jesus prays. He is thinking about the cross. He's thinking about the empty tomb. He's thinking about his ascension into heaven. You know, he left that tomb behind in fulfillment of his promise made to Mary and Martha in John chapter 11 when he said what? I am the resurrection and the life. And they who believe in me will live even if they die. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He left that tomb. He lives. And even though he died, he rose again so that you and I might have life eternal. Jesus ascended into heaven. This last Thursday was Ascension Day. On Ascension, God pours out His Holy Spirit upon His disciples. Again, His cross, His empty tomb, His resurrection. They all call forth a response of Amen from our hearts. And this is the one who prays for you. If ever there was a person who deserved a hearing before the Father in heaven, it is his Son. The Father in heaven. And Jesus goes to the Father in heaven as the ultimate priest. A priest, again, remember, is the go-between. He is the ultimate go-between. He is praying to the Heavenly Father on your behalf. And so this morning, what more can we say than to say, Amen. To God the Father who created this world, who promises to preserve us. Amen to our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for our redemption. And God the Holy Spirit, who not only calls us to faith, sanctifies us, but sets us apart for his mission. We pray today for the grace and the insight to respond, Lord, to whom shall we go? Remember the disciples asked that question? Lord, to whom shall we go? For you alone have the words of eternal life. May your words of eternal life convince us to follow you and to be on your mission and not on our own. In his name we ask it. Amen. Heavenly Father, you call us to serve you. Uh, There are many ways in which you do that. And we must confess, Lord, that many times we have said no. And we know the reason why we say no. Sometimes it's because we're afraid. Sometimes we come up with the excuse that you haven't given us the gifts that we need. Or that it's just inconvenient. Or it means surrendering our life. And Lord, we must confess that uh, sometimes we just don't want to do that. 
because our priorities get in the way of yours. Forgive us our sins. We know that you do. And we pray, Lord, that you would empower us for even greater service in your kingdom in the days to come. We pray and we ask this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen.